welcome to the Home Birth Experience Podcast. I am Julia Meyer. I'm the founder and midwife of Cleveland Home Birth in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, I have with me Christina Maddox. Hi, Christina. How are you doing? Hi, Julia. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So today, we're going to talk about birth and boundaries, and Christina is going to share her birth story. She gave birth at home in May... 2019. And she was very intentional about setting boundaries for her birth and for her postpartum. And we want to hear her birth story, along with highlighting how she decided who was going to be at her birth and who wasn't and what exactly she wanted. So Christina, could you start by telling us how you decided you even wanted to have a home birth? Well, um, when we got pregnant, I it was just a no brainer for us that we were going to do it at home. Uh, we're very natural-minded people, so we, w- we wanted to bring our baby into the world as naturally as possible, so it just made sense for us to, to pursue a home birth. And from the beginning, did you know who you wanted to have at your home birth? Um, no, not necessarily. I, I knew it was just going to be me and Matt. That's my partner. And I knew I wanted my son there, but I also wanted to give him the choice to be there, so... It wasn't clear until the very end whether or not he was definitely going to be there. And aside from that, I was I was pretty flexible about my, my mom being there. I, I thought I would wait and see how I felt in the moment as the days led up. But as the days as the as the as it got nearer to the time, I realized that I didn't I didn't want anybody there with us, that I wanted it to feel like a sacred bubble. And that's an important part that you bring up. Birth is very sacred and a lot of people are challenged by family members and friends wanting to be at a home birth because it's such an unusual thing in our society that curiosity takes over and it's hard to say no sometimes. So how did you feel when people asked you if they could be there and you didn't want them to? Well, not very many people asked because I have such strong boundaries in my life that people didn't feel like they could ask that. Um, it was really just my, me thinking about my mom. I didn't want her to take it personally, like get her feelings hurt as though it had something to do with her personally that I didn't want her there. And that wasn't it at all. It was just that it's a sacred time. I didn't have that time with my first my first child. I had him in the hospital. We had a lot of family there. The baby got passed around a lot after he was born and the days after he was born in the hospital, even when we went home. And I just didn't want that experience this time. I wanted to keep my baby close to me as long as possible. Are you glad you made that choice with your second birth? Absolutely. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And I think that's important for people to hear that it's okay to want to keep your baby attached to you and to not let people pass the baby around to share the baby. There's a time and a place for that. Absolutely. But right away, you don't have to do that. Right. So why don't we kind of dig in and maybe you can share some of your birth story, how you went into labor, how did you know it was starting and what did that look like? How did you feel? Um, Well, the days leading up to labor, I was really impatient and tired and I wanted to meet my baby. And then I woke up Wednesday morning, very early, 2 a.m. and things felt more different than they ever had. I was having consistent surges or waves and... It just felt different. I thought today's the day, and as the day progressed, so did the the surges. And 
Yeah, I, I felt so excited. My birthday actually went very close to how I visualized it when I was first pregnant. It's incredible, actually, because I was due in April, but the baby came May 1st. And when we were first pregnant, I, I went around saying for several weeks I wanted the baby on May 1st. I also visualized my birth experience quite a bit, especially back when I was first pregnant. When I was in, in that waiting period, when you're waiting to get the positive the positive test result, I would lay in the sun just meditating, imagining my life with this baby, the baby coming, a, pre- a positive pregnancy test. Then once I finally got the, the positive, I, it was still summer, so I was still outside meditating, praying, imagining what I wanted my birthday to look like. And it was almost just how it turned out. I wanted it to be nice out. And all of May was such gloomy weather. We had a sunny 77 degree day that day. And I got to take two walks outside of my house in the metro parks, laboring. I had my contractions outside in nature. Like it was incredible how close my visualizations lined up to what what actually happened. I imagined a swift, efficient birth. And that's exactly what I got. I only was in active labor for an hour and a half. My baby came so fast. It all is so so similar to how I visualized it. It's just incredible. It is really incredible. And I think that's really encouraging for so many women out there that that are waiting for that positive pregnancy test. And I think it speaks volumes to how psychological birth is and that if you really believe in the intentions that you set, that those will happen. That's and I, absolutely, it ha- you have to believe 100%. Mm-hmm. And knowing that your body as a woman was created to do this and that you will have no complications and this baby will come forth through your womb without any hesitation is really what sets the stage for an amazing birth. Yeah, absolutely. I was completely trusting in my body's ability to do it. I knew I was made for it and I just believed that. So being your midwife at your birth, I noticed a lot that you you wanted to go inside of yourself. And is that something that you were intentionally doing or did that just happen when you were in labor that you wanted to be more intuitive in inside of yourself? I think that's just naturally how I am under situations of stress or pain. I just I go inside. So how did you decide on a midwife? How did you want to be supported? How did you set those intentions? What did you visualize before finding the right midwife? Well, I visualized someone like you or somebody... Somebody kind is was a top priority for me. Somebody understanding, somebody that didn't have their own agenda, that didn't try to push their agenda on me, that, that let me lead the care that I was receiving. That was really important to me. I didn't want somebody coming in with like a set, a set of rules or expectations, like how it was going to go. Like if I was going to do it at home, I was going to do it my way. Absolutely. I think birth should be your way. Yeah. It's your party, not mine. Yeah, you, to- you <laughs> totally facilitated that. Good, I'm glad. So let's talk about some of the juicy stuff that people normally don't hear about. Like your birth story that you shared with me. You said you woke up with wet panties. Yeah. Some women don't know what does the beginning of labor look like. Let's talk about some of that. And I remember when you shared your birth story, you also talked about 
everything in your butt. You had no idea it was in your butt, but everything was in your butt. Yeah. So let's talk about some of those sensations and things that some women who have, you know, they may have had previous births, but they were medicated with an epidural and this time they're having a natural birth and they don't exactly know what to expect. Can you talk about some of those things that you experienced from the beginning of your labor? I'd love to. So I was one of those women because my first birth was an induction in the hospital and I had an epidural. So I wasn't quite sure what it would feel like when labor actually got started on its own naturally. I, I was so excited and anxious and all of the things just waiting for it to happen. And when I woke up that morning with the the contractions that had started, they were just, they were pretty consistent. And then my underwear were wet and so pink. And I just, I didn't know what to make of it because it wasn't like a bunch of water. So I had no idea if it was actually amniotic fluid or what because I had been having bloody show for about two days prior to all of that happening Wednesday. So it it kind of just looked like a little bit more exaggerated bloody show, but it was wetter. So I was really dismissive of it until about 10 a.m. Then I had to put on a pad to contain it. So then I was more curious. But you trusted your body and you trusted what happened. You weren't scared? No, I wasn't scared. I knew I was excited. Every single thing that happened in that day leading up to the birth, I was I was thankful for. I was so happy for. I was excited. I was like receiving these things like, yes, thank you. This is progress. Something's happening. It's happening. Like it was so great. I thought I took everything as positive signs. Absolutely. And, and that's so important. It is a positive experience and to welcome it with joy and excitement makes it so much more yes, wonderful. Of course, you're anticipating this baby for all those months. You just I was just so excited. And then when you you came over that afternoon around 2 and we we swabbed to see if it was amniotic fluid. I was so excited. I, my mind was like, "Yes, game on. Like we're doing this today." <laughs> We swabbed, you swabbed. Yeah, I yeah. Swabbed. You gave I, it to me. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's important for people to know, too, yes. that, that this truly is your show. And you can do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm just here to hold space for you. So you confirmed for yourself that it was amniotic fluid. Yeah. How empowering is that? It was. It was incredible. And I even have in my birth story how like nonchalant you were about my discovery. When I like showed you the swab, how purple it was, you were like, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not too nonchalant. <laughs> no, but it was just it was just right because you were like, yeah, you were so cool about it. Like, uh-huh. Like you already knew what I was just discovering that the baby was coming today. And you confirmed it for yourself. And that's yeah. so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So talk about once I showed up at your birth and things started to get kind of real, you were still in a place of denial. Like you've told people before I came over to spy on you because you weren't exactly inviting me over, but I knew that it was, it was happening and it was starting to progress pretty quickly. So once I came in and I brought my supplies and kind of set things up and you know, the assistant wasn't here yet, but I noticed that you, you had a little bit of space between contractions when I first got here. And then once I was here for a little while, they were coming pretty regularly at a pretty quick pace. Do you think the psychology of warming up to me being in your space had anything to do with that? Maybe. Because like you said, like, oh, it seemed like I was just waiting for my team to be fully in place. 
that maybe I psychologically needed that. Riley was here, my son, which I had been really preoccupied with making sure we got him out of school in time, like leading up to the birth. I didn't know when it was going to happen. So Matt, Matt went and got him and he was here and we were all here. And yeah, maybe I, I just was like comfortable enough to like my body was like, okay, let's do this now. Everybody's here. We're ready. Let's go. And once you said, let's go, it was game on. Yeah. It was an hour and a half. Absolutely. So you go upstairs to your bedroom and you have some time alone and and I continue to spy on you, as you say, (laughs) and sit in the hallway and listen to your sounds and know kind of where you are in labor and gauge what kind of help you needed. Tell me about that time of transition when you... You had regular contractions and then they switched to an overwhelming wave that was crashing over you. Mm-hmm. That's when um, that's when it got really intense. The So my body just started to involuntarily want to push down and grunt and bear down. And at first I had I had like three or four of them where I was really resisting that because I felt like. It, it was like people say like it's like that scary feeling of letting go and really opening up. And quite honestly, what it felt like was if I if I if I opened up to that pain that I was feeling that I was going to poop all over the floor. Like it just felt like so much pressure down there that if I if I opened up, I didn't know what was going to come out. And it just was so it was so intense but after just three or four of them, I realized like I just have to stop resisting it and let it out. Like I can't resist this anymore. I have to I have to surrender or else it's it, it's not going to stop. And then once I surrendered to that, it, it definitely changed the game. Like the baby came so much faster then. And you even did an enema before that. So we knew that your bowels were cleaned it, out because uh, a yeah. lot of women, nobody wants to poop on themselves, right. but it happens and, yeah. and it's okay. It's normal. But some choose to have an enema. So even knowing that you had cleaned your bowels out, you still had that in your mind. I did because the pressure was so intense. I It was so intense that it really felt like I had a full rectum full of poop that just, and I didn't want to poop all over my floor. So that was like <laughs> part of the resistance, but I just had to, I had to give in. You just have to like open into the pain is the best way I can think of to describe it. So you describe it as pain when you were resisting it and- was it less pain when you surrendered to it? Yeah. Yes. It Because then it was more like a relief because then you could just bear down with it and not resist it. So you, I could feel the opening and the stretching and I could feel the progress being made. Whereas when I was resisting it, it was resisting in there. So the baby, nothing was coming down. It was just like grinding against each other, if that makes sense. Right. So going back to the beginning when you said you prayed and you meditated and you were outside and you thought about everything from getting a positive pregnancy test to holding the baby in your arms, did you visualize that surrendering? No. No. So it was something that came up as a surprise to you? Yes. I had no idea I was going to feel like that. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And for having such a surprise... You surrendered really quickly. Uh huh. There are women that take hours and sometimes even days to surrender to it. Yeah, I've read that. It just seems like putting yourself through so much more suffering that way. 
So do you think setting those boundaries and choosing wisely who was in your birth space helped you to surrender to that so quickly? Perhaps, because I felt very safe. And that's not to say that I would have felt unsafe with my mother being there, but that's just a whole nother person in, person's energy in the environment. So I don't know how, how it would have been. But I created a safe bubble where I could, I could be safe and do all those birthing things. So yeah. And even some of the sounds and I'm sure sensations feel similar to sexual sensations yeah. or the sounds that you make during intimate times. And that may affect your ability to let go if you have a mother there, someone that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah, for sure. Like the moaning and the deep breathing and stuff. I can totally see that. It's really awesome that you were able to create that bubble without having any, um, any negative feelings of excluding people. And I know once you had your baby, you then set more boundaries, which I thought was really great. You invited people to come see your baby and you put time limits on it. And a lot of people don't understand that that's okay to do. So talk about how you decided to introduce your baby. Sure. Well, it wasn't so much that I put a lot of thought on how I was going to introduce the baby so much as how I thought about how I was going to spend my postpartum days, especially the first few weeks. I took a lot of time to study about traditional postpartum cult, um, practices like in other areas of the world. Like there's a book, The First 40 Days. I listened to a bunch of podcasts about postpartum and I just really respected the time that that should be mom baby time I respected that I wanted to spend as much time as possible in bed with the baby bonding with the baby um I didn't want to share my baby within those first few days especially because those are days that you will never get back with your baby even an hour or two of somebody else holding your baby in those first few weeks those those moments are so precious to me and I know from my first child experience, it wasn't terrible that I shared Riley with everybody, but I didn't have to do that this time. So I wasn't going to. I shared Riley a lot when he was, you know, first born. And then, you know, with the second one, you realize how precious that time is. So I was very intentional about who got invited over and when. And yeah, I gave I gave most people, I gave everybody a time slot. And if that didn't work for them, then we would figure something else out. But it was very short, no more than one or two hours at a time. And they didn't get to hold the baby the whole time. I always tell my clients, if you're going to have visitors over, tell them to come with a meal or be prepared to clean the kitchen or do laundry. Did you have anyone do that for you? I didn't, unfortunately. I felt I, I would, my parents brought Chipotle, um, that's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> that works for me. But no, I didn't have enough guests come where it would have been something like that, I guess. My postpartum was mostly because of Matt, like made so easy. He was so, he was such a good caregiver. He got about three weeks home. And especially the first two weeks, he made me my smoothies every day. He drew the sits baths. Like he really made it so that I was able to spend like 21 to 22 hours a day just in the bed with the baby for the first week or two. I mean, I would come downstairs for, for the dinner hour, for family dinner. 
and maybe like an additional hour if it was Riley's night at our house. But other than that, he took care of everything and let me be in the bed with the baby all day, every day. That's really amazing. It's so supportive. It makes all the difference. Absolutely. And a lot of us, including myself, sometimes have a hard time at conveying our needs to our partner. Did you and Matt talk about what your postpartum was going to look like? And how did you tell him what you needed so that it went so smoothly Mm -hmm. and that you got all that time in bed with your baby? Absolutely. We discussed it at length. Um, I shared with him a bunch of podcasts that I listened to that were short and succinct and to the point, and he got it. He understood how important that time was. I didn't, I didn't even have to really, he understood. Once he learned about it, he got it. So he was on board for helping me. So that was really it, podcast. Wow, that's yeah. incredible. Podcast and Hopefully talking. this one does it for other people. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> So looking back, you're nine months postpartum. Looking back at your birth, what is the one thing that surprised you the most? Um, about the birth? Your whole experience. Yeah. Really the pain. The pain was just, it was quite shocking, especially in the moment. I can look back on it now with some grace, but... It really, it really decimated me. That's what it felt like. Wow. (laughs) And people always say, oh, you forget about the pain. But nine months later, we're sitting here. You don't forget about it. You don't. Your body, you, you heal from it. And I certainly can't remember right now how bad it was, but I remember that it was that bad. Does it make you scared to do it again? A little bit. Yeah. It sure does. But I hope... I hope to take with me into the next one the knowledge that I gained from this one so that when I feel that resistance build up inside of me, I will just be able to release it as quickly as possible and get the get the baby out as fast as I can. Honestly, I think if there's one takeaway from this podcast, it should be surrender. Yeah, absolutely. Let go. Because you said only three or four waves it took you to let go in an hour and a half of active labor. That's a pretty quick surrendering. To do it even quicker... I'm probably not going to make it next time. (laughs) I really do believe that, that we do remember the pain. However, we, we kind of write the narrative differently as we move through postpartum and we learn and watching you from my perspective It's hard to say you were experiencing such intensity because you handled it so well and you were so surrendered and you were so calm and you weren't scared of anything. Wow, thank you. Is there anything you think you can tell people to release the fear? Um, Just trust your body that just there's no reason to be afraid. What's happening to you is normal and natural and... There are women all over the world giving ba- giving birth to babies at the exact same time as you. So you have those sisters in solidarity doing it with you. You just don't see them. And you're, bo- you're born to do it. So just trust your body. I don't think that there's any need to be afraid. That's very well said. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so next time, is there anything you're going to do different? I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a good answer. That means you probably had a pretty good experience the first time. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Has your son said anything about being at the birth? He was how old when he was there? He was 14. He's 15 now. Um, I think it left an impact on him, definitely. I asked him a few days after, like, so, do you have, you know, what, what do you think about what happened, what you witnessed? Because he was in the room the whole time. And all he said was, you're so strong, Mom. And that made my heart so happy that I could show him that what a woman can do on her own. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think really encouraging for families out there that are questioning, should my children be there or not? Mm -hmm. It can be a really powerful experience for them to normalize a child coming into the world, no matter how old or young they are. Mm -hmm. To have them there and to see what a natural, beautiful, miraculous experience it is, Mm -hmm. is really a gift to give your children. Thank you. I think so too. So now that you've had your home birth, you have started assisting with me Mm -hmm. and we've attended several births together. And what do you think about that? We're going to go into it more on the next podcast of beginning your journey as a birth worker, but just a little um, sneak peek. Tell us what you think about attending births as a mother who has done it herself. Well, honestly, I feel very blessed to be able to attend births with you. I feel so blessed to be involved in these families' lives for the little snippet, but it's such an important part of their lives to be allowed and invited into that space with them. I, I, I just always go back to saying I feel very blessed. It's incredible to watch these women, all of which all these women are so very different and individual but they're all experiencing something so, they're experiencing the same thing, but in their way, their own special sacred way. And I get to witness their their power bringing their babies earthside. I mean, it's incredible watching these women just be reborn themselves right before your very eyes as those babies are born. It is so incredible. So on the next episode of the Home Birth Experience, We're going to share a little bit more of the juicy details of becoming a birth worker and what it's like to see things like screaming really loud and water bags breaking and bleeding and pooping and and all those juicy things that happen at birth and, and witnessing it from the other side as somebody who's supporting it. So tune in with us for the next podcast at the home birth experience. I'm Julia Meyer, founder and midwife of Cleveland Home Birth, and you can find me at clevelandhomebirth.com, Instagram at Cleveland Home Birth. Thanks for listening.